0: Hey love, my name is Brittany Pollard and you are now rocking with the Everyday Intentions podcast. Your source for real conversation centered around stepping into your personal power, one intention at a time. This podcast is all about owning our voice, taking up space, expressing ourselves and moving through life at our own pace. You are invited to the magic. So let's roll. This is episode 5, Akashic Records and Ancestral Healing with Leanne Scrimmager. Leanne, aka Lee, has been on her spiritual path for many years after experiencing how meditation changed her perspective on life. With the way to look inward, she sought out different tools to help her navigate through the world. She soon discovered tarot, which led her to discover more healing modalities that would further deepen her connection to the spirit world. After many years of wandering asleep, she has now awoken to seeing the world as a fascinating playground. By day, she spends her time working in the entertainment industry, and by night with the help of her spiritual team, she helps others see the energy within and around them. Her goal is to ultimately help others feel empowered in their truth and guide them to walk in their divinity. This episode gave me chills. It gave me feels. Leanne had so much great information to share and just the way she phrased things was excellent as well we did this right after leanne had just done an akashic records reading for me and if you don't know what that is you will definitely learn in the episode and then we also dove into ancestral healing and talking about how to connect to your ancestors and just the importance of paying attention because especially for black people, we carry so much hurt and pain and trauma from my ancestors, from slavery and the toll that it took on their lives. And all of that energy that was within them is still within us. And I firmly believe that when we are called to healing, we are called to break all of those generational patterns, all of that trauma within us so that we can heal them and we can also heal the future. So this is a great Great episode to really listen to and learn from, and I'm just so excited for you to hear it. Let's go. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Everyday Intentions Podcast. My name is Brittany Pollard, and I'm your host of the show. And today I have my girl Leanne Scrimmager on the show i'm so excited you're
1: here i'm excited to be here thank you for having me on
0: yes thank you for coming you guys leanne just did an akashic records reading for me which we'll get into as we go on into the show but like i'm so excited to talk about this stuff with her and she pretty much like knows my soul (laughs) (laughs) at this point so if you're gonna get a friend get a friend who like knows all parts of you so they can call you out on your bullshit (laughs) Uh, So before we get into the show, Leanne, I just have a question that I want to ask you. What are you most grateful for today? Mm.
1: I think community. Like, especially this weekend and just kind of joining in with, like, different circles. You know, it's Fourth of July, so, like, celebrating with friends and being able to just, you know, communicate with people who are on, like, the same wavelength as I am and being able to, like, have, like, real deep connection. Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, there's a lot of people, even myself, like, growing up, who, like, had friends but didn't really, like, connect with them on a deep level. So it's, like, being able to kind of have community and have friends that can understand me and, I can understand them. That is definitely what I'm really grateful for.
0: Yeah, I totally feel that. It's kind of like that relaxation point where, like, they get me. (laughs) (laughs) They see me because of who I am. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a, where I'm at in my life too. It's just like really finding the people who are interested in the same things as me. Cause sometimes when you grow and you get into different things, it's like not to call them your old friends, but the people that you kind of are always around, they may not click with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes hard to like share that with them and so that's something that came up on my reading too is like the fact that I'm into so many different things and I'm just like trying to find those people who also share the same same interests as well yeah yeah oh I love that so just so that the people know who you are we have your intro also but just um let let the listeners know a little bit about yourself what do you want to share
1: okay um yeah so I am a spiritual practitioner On top of doing Akashic Records, I also do tarot. I'm Reiki certified level two. And yeah, I definitely am a lover of divination, of just kind of accessing higher consciousness and spreading to people and helping people gain clarity around their life. Because I know when I first got into this work, it was very much like feeling so lost and not knowing what to do. And even though you have all the right tools and like you are doing all the right things and you're kind of like you know by society standards it feels like it should be fine there's like a kind of a deep inner knowing that like things are not all right Mm -hmm. so I embarked on these tools to kind of help me you know get my life together and see like what's wrong like what am I not seeing and so that kind of really goes into like you know everything that I do is like helping people see like what they can't clearly see in front of them so you know tarot and reiki and akashic records it's all about really pinpointing the energy down so that you're able to empower yourself to move forward in a way that's beneficial to just you and not anyone else but you're moving forward in your divine right so yeah that
0: sums (laughs) it up (laughs) (laughs) she she does it all and you and i actually met in the tarot course, yeah. an online course. <laughs> and that just like goes back to community also. Cause I was like, dang, I want to find some people who are into this. And someone put up a post like, who's in LA? And I'm like, me, <laughs> <laughs> let's hang out. Let's be friends. Um, but I love that. And you do, you have so much wisdom. You have so many gifts that you share with people and you just have this innate, ability to help people like understand themselves on a deeper level so I love that you decided to pursue that path as a result of like knowing that things needed to change but not being sure and then kind of just being like all right I'm gonna just dive on into this yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean when I first stepped into this work I kind of went all out I was like I'm gonna do everything I'm just gonna just see what happens and then you know that shit happens but <laughs> <laughs> we worked through it And then on top of that, like I just also um, want to relate that to just how like externally there's also the internal work that happens. So it's Mm -hmm. like when you step into these realms of higher consciousness and you see things that you know aren't pretty or things that could be a bit scary, that's a complete reflection of what happens within you. It's Mm -hmm. like the more you advance and do the work to raise your consciousness, the more you're going to have to look at the sides and parts of you that aren't pretty as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shadow work that kind of has to get really focused on in order for you to become your best person yeah because a lot of people try to skip all that shadow work and then Mm -hmm. they become really ingrained in the ego and then it's just like you want to do good but it's like if you're not doing that true work of like really seeing the core of who you are like good and bad then it's just like you're just stepping over all these things that could be so beneficial and so healing to you because again all of that is so healing
0: yeah yeah. yeah. And it's part of just building a solid foundation too, right? Going into the shadow sides of sides of you that you don't wanna see, the stuff that you wanna bypass, and you're like, Uh, I know I'm acting up, but like I totally and I've been acting up. <laughs> But it is like and that was one thing that came up in my reading is like, girl, like, you know what you need to do and you keep trying to like skip over it and you can't do that. And you're going to have to do the hard stuff. You're going to have to deal with the stuff that you just like, Okay, I'm not ready for this yet. But if you're being called to something, it's like you have to step into it if you want to grow and elevate. Exactly. And it's the hardest part is just stepping into it Mm because there's
1: been so many things that like I've been told like, hey, like this could be beneficial to you. And as much as I'm, like, no on the outside, deep down, I'm, like, this is, like, screaming yes at mm. me. And so it's just, like, there's I just remember feeling so much resistance when I hear these things of, like, things that would be for my highest growth. And it's just, like, not wanting to take that path, even though I know that would give me the most happiness. Yeah. It's just, like, why is like, humans do we put ourselves in these roles so where we avoid the one thing that gives us happiness and it's the one thing (laughs) that we have to work towards too and that's the one thing that's so off-putting like all the things that like I know would give me the most happiness are all the things that I have to work so hard towards too and having to be like vulnerable for that too and that's just like yeah that's something that you really have to just kind of be like I know it's gonna be a lot and I know I'm gonna to have to kind of show myself for who I truly am and I could get a backlash but if this is the path that's gonna bring me the most happiness then like, what other choice do I have?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise what happens is you spend like years and years and years and years, right? And then as mm-hmm. the years pass by the guilt piles up, the resentment piles up when you could have just worked through it and I'm not like speaking down because this is me literally right now. the <laughs> <In a> moment. <laughs> so just so y'all know we all on this together um but yeah it is that right where we run all those circles and we know mm-hmm. the decisions in our bodies mm-hmm. but we make up all these like we, we choose not to follow them we make up excuses or we're like no oh I don't have the time where you know I need to do x y and z first so I need to find I need to get a degree first before I can do this and it's like mm-hmm. girl <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's waiting on you. And when you're ready, then it'll be here for you. And yeah, that's a big thing. Because I look at my journals over the years and I'm like, okay, I have so many goals that are the same where I just like did not step up and step into that. Mm-hmm. And if those are the things still coming to me, like when I get readings, right, my spirit guides are like, you know, like quit. <laughs> Quit playing with us. If you're going to tell you the same thing over and over till you get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but just do the work for me. And they're like, no, yeah. we're not doing that for you.
1: Know, that's the thing, too. It's like coming to this work and people are like, oh, but like, you know, you have help. And that's, mm. you know, you have spirit guides, you have ancestors and you have, you know, even ascended masters that can help you. But it's like at the end of the day, like you have free will and you yeah. have to kind of step into that i know with a lot of people it comes down to like oh but it's too late for me like that time has already passed Ooh, yeah and i know like i've received that myself or it's just like it's too late for me like I, if i'd done this 10 years ago i've been great but i have passed that ship i just can't do this and it's like no if this is what's really for you this is what's like your destiny per se then it's like everything will work out like mm-hmm. the timing because again timing doesn't exist so it's just like you will step into it and things will all flow but it's like the whole like it's too late thing like it's just like i feel like we just stop putting so much energy into that because again like time is just a construct like we live in such a time that's so much more it's like circular like you said how it's kind of like these same things are going to keep popping back Mm -hmm. around until Mm -hmm. we finally decide to like you know jump on a carousel
0: yeah The same lessons, the same dreams, the same goals. Even, well, dreams and goals, they might change depending on where you're at in your life. But I know for me, like, I've had the same goals forever. Yeah. (laughs) That's where I'd be (laughs) looking at myself like, okay, we need to get it together. But I really wanted to bring you onto the show to share more about Akashic Records and then also talk about ancestral healing because that's another thing that you do. I can't say this enough, y'all. Leanne is so amazing. I just, I learned so much from her whenever we're around each other. So let's go ahead and let's start off with Akashic Records because we just completed our session like 10 minutes ago. And I felt like it would be a good time to jump into this because my heart is open. I learned so much um, because Leanne just shared so much information with me, information that came from like my spirit guides and my ancestors and my ascended masters. So before we share more about that, can you just speak to what the Akashic Records are for someone who's never heard of it before?
1: Yeah, of course. So the Akashic Records, basically, I like to say it's just um, your, your soul basically carries everything from past to present to future. And it's all all of those memories and all the information is encoded within the DNA. And all of that is basically within the Akashic records. So I like to say the Akashic records are kind of like the uncollective consciousness where you're able to access your soul's journey. And so it's basically a lot of people compare it to like a library mm-hmm. and it's this library that's energetic. You know, you can't like physically go there, but you could access it through a prayer or through some other forms of means and when you get in there, you're able to kind of pick the book that is your soul. And then once you kind of, you know, pick the book, you're able to kind of glide through and see all the information that could really be beneficial towards you. Because what the records do also is that it's it's so embodied and they have like um, they have people who kind of like rule over the records as well. Like the lords of the Akashic records. So not all the information will be given to you at once. It's like this information will be given to you when it's most beneficial to you. Okay. And so it's kind of like you kind of go in there, you get to know yourself, and the more you kind of start doing the work and advancing and like raise your consciousness, then like the more you're going to be like, okay, now you have special privileges to access this other information that can be beneficial for you. But it's just like this energetic field that is all encompassing and it's basically there for you to access so you could just learn more about like yourself and learn more about like why you're here and your journey here and all the things that could really like help you. Because yeah, we all know life gets pretty crazy. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) the Akashic records is really great for just having a higher perspective on your life and also past lives and future lives and yeah, all life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like I like how you use the analogy of the library and you go and you get your soul's book right and then you have to go through the first chapter or yeah. if they want you to go to like a different section or if you think of like a textbook right where there's different subjects so you might have like past life current future and just depending on what they allow like they'll be like okay girl here's one sentence right. <laughs> <laughs> girl, i'm gonna tell you about yourself
1: so. it's like the iphone when you can do the invisible on the photos oh that yeah kinda like blur it out for you yeah to- <laughs> <laughs>
0: My friend did that the other day and I did it. I've never done it myself, but I've seen other people do it. I'm like, how do you do that? But it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> so just in speaking more about this, because from what I've heard, you know, the Akashic Records is something that we all can access, but it has to be done in specific ways. Is that, is that right? Or we have to go through someone who of course is like trained in it or a facilitator Mm. or how how does it work if you wanted to go up there and play for a little bit
1: so we actually all have access to the akashic records at any given time we just don't know it's the akashic records Mm. so a lot of people could actually just get a lot of information or downloads and it, it could come as like divine insight as like just regular downloads as just kind of like revelations and it could actually be the akashic records So it's like we all have the ability and access to access this whenever we want. It's just that this prayer that like I say is kind of like a it's like a straight shot. It's like I know exactly where I'm going with this prayer. And I know that like during this time after the prayer, I'm in the Akashic Records. But other people have different means. So it doesn't always have to be a prayer. Or it could be a prayer, but, like, with different words. Mm-hmm. I just used the one by um, Dr. Linda Howe. and mm-hmm. She's the one that created this, the famous book, and she talks all about the Kashi records and how to heal yourself through them. And so I learned under Helen Ronda Hyde, who learned under um, Dr. Linda Howe. And so the way I learned was through the prayer. But there's so many different ways that you can kind of access the records. And, like, you don't have to be trained for it. I took a training course because I really wanted like help in that regards because I tried to access the records on my own before the training because again like anyone could do this work but it just kind of wasn't clear I wasn't getting like you know clear information like I had to really just sit in there and be like it feels nice but like I don't really (laughs) know what's happening like I was just chilling and then I did like a um, training course. I'm a certified Akashic record reader and it just completely just skyrocketed oh. my advancement like in learning through the record. So now when I say the prayer, it's like, whew, energy shifts. Okay. now information is coming through. To where before, it was just kind of like a little bit scattered. Okay. So yeah, I would just say like the training is really beneficial. Like if you really want to do this work and be active in it and just kind of learn about it because then Mm -hmm. you also are learning about yourself because like the whole weekend it's just like readings and you're practicing readings and it's just like it's so much heart opening Mm -hmm. and so it could be very healing but at the same time it's like it's not necessary like this work is literally like everyone's birthright to access it so like if you have the curiosity to explore the kaushik records then by all means like just
0: like read a book and like it'll be good Mm, okay and so just to give you guys a setup of how our session went is leanne accessed the akashic records and i wrote down like specific questions that i wanted to know because that's another thing like people come to you with specific questions or if they don't you kind of have to like fill out like what they need or or how does it work yeah
1: so I mean questions are beneficial because it just streamlines everything really easily so Mm -hmm. that way I'm just okay cool We could go in and just start asking questions but if people don't have questions it's fine it's just more so me really sitting in the records and just kind of seeing like what comes through okay and it'll usually be like what comes through is it's still very beneficial for that person because it's just like, they're just only going to give me information that's needed for that person. Oh, okay. It just takes a bit of time for me to clear it out because again, like the way I receive messages could be through different means. So it could be clairvoyantly, it could be clairaudiently. And so if I'm sitting in the records and I'm just kind of seeing what's there, I can see images, but then I don't really know what these images are telling me. Oh, okay. So it's like me having to figure out, okay, like what is this? Is this a past life? If this is something they're going through right now, is this like symbolism that I should relate to this person, you know? So it's just like with questions, it kind of rules all that out. So I know what's happening. But as messages, it's fine. It just takes a few minutes to kind of clarify like the real meaning. Cause I don't want to give anything that like I'm not hundred percent sure of. Oh, okay. So it just takes a little bit more being in my own head to fine tune the messages. So that way I'm only saying what's correct and what's given to me by the masters, teachers and loved ones.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I wrote out like 15 questions. (laughs) Can y'all tell how thirsty I am? (laughs) So I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, there was just specific things that I wanted to know when it came to past lives and like different patterns that I'm exuding now and different people whose energy I have to interact with, and just getting help on that. And I just got so much clarity on it. And one thing that we talked about, and I'll I'll just share this, is that um, using my voice came up, and this isn't the first time that it's come up when I've gotten reading. So. I know like these podcast episodes, they're going to get more frequent, but (laughs) that's like something very active for me that I'm working on. And I think I shared this in the first episode is like how hard it is for me to do this setup, but I know that it's working toward my greater good. And so it was just a blessing to have Leanne reaffirm that and just have the message to say like, okay, you're on your right path. So if you're ever interested in just getting more information or working with someone, Leanne's information will be in the show notes. But I think it's something that everyone should do. It's someone something everyone should access at least once in their life. Yeah. I'm like addicted to them. <laughs> Who doesn't want like direct answers when they're struggling? But um yeah, I just I love it. I love it so much. Are there any other benefits or anything else that you want to share with people when it comes to the records
1: yeah um so when you do open Nikachi records it is a healing that's happening so even though Mm. it's like i'm not like you know moving energy through you like through reiki or i'm not like you know as a chiropractor like physically moving your body by like having this information come through And it's information that you have within you, I'm just causing it to come into your awareness Mm. so that all the things that were locked in your subconscious or within like your DNA memory, it's now coming to light. And so with that information coming to light, that in itself is causing a healing to happening to you. So it's kind of like how hypnotherapy works, where it's like a lot of you could actually hypnotize people into unlocking certain memories And once it unlock those memories, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I now have an awareness of this. I know better. Or like people who have these like weird phobias Mm -hmm. and they kind of do, you know, work where they kind of dive deep into where that fear came from and that fear kind of gets removed in a way. It's like, it's the same thing with the Akashic Records. It's just like all this information is coming through so that when it hits your awareness, you're able, you're expanding your consciousness so that you're able to move. Move is just more light. Yeah, And that's really what it is. Like you want to move with more light. So that way you just become like this force field. That's just like, I know that like I'm walking my highest path. And even though I might seem a little bit lost, a little bit scattered now through the work and through everything that's happening, like, you know, what happens with Akashic Records. It's just like, I'm walking with more, just more awareness to things that are going on and not just being so, they're so blinded. Cause you know, there's some people who just kind of do things and they don't know why they do them. They just yeah. do it. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, you want to kind of shift out of that so that we're not reacting, but yeah. we're kind of coming from a place of like just truth. Yeah. And you Records just give truth. So, so you want to find out your truth, then this is such a great place to go to. And then there's so many levels of truth. So it's like, you can start off knowing this truth and it kind of dives deeper into so many layers so that you can really get to know yourself. So, yeah, I mean, the Kaji Records are so great for just kind of creating that synergy within, like, your overall body, whether it just be, like, mental, emotional, spiritual. Like, it's all just kind of connecting. Because it's, like, it heals you on an emotional level. It heals yeah. you on a mental level. It heals you on a spiritual level. And then even... You know, you could find out what's going on in your physical body, too. Like, there's something that's, you know, not in alignment with you physically, you could go into the records and ask, like, where is this coming from? Like, why do I feel this way? How can I get help this way? So, it could just give you so much healing on so many
0: different levels. So, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of things that we carry can be stuff from past lives or, you know, even if we get into, like, our childhood. And everything that I see from being in just like the personal development world, not even, you know, what we're getting into right now is like so many people create patterns and they don't know why. Yeah. Right. And they keep going, they keep going. And then sometimes you'll get into the records and be like, this is the pattern that you didn't have for centuries. And (laughs) this is something that you're being called to work on, which is why you're being given awareness around it. So it just goes so much deeper sometimes than we all believe where it's like oh I just had like this issue happen with me when I was a kid and sometimes it's that and sometimes it's something that your soul has experienced multiple times Mm -hmm. and you just have to put in the work to clear it and to move through it exactly yeah no that's perfect that's like Again, because
1: childhood stuff could have such a big impact on us yeah. like later on. But like the past life stuff, like that, if we're doing the same thing over and over for like centuries and like that's so much stored in our DNA, mm-hmm. then yeah, it can have such a profound effect on you. And it really takes a lot of work to kind of like, you know, undo all that yeah. karma. And it also comes into just like ancestral healing as well and like finding out that a lot of the things that we carry, like we didn't do it like even in our past lives or our childhoods, but this is actually stuff that our ancestors did. And mm. now we just have to kind of like, you know, carry that burden with us. And then even though we didn't had nothing to do with it, we are the ones responsible for healing
0: that work. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on that thread, I want to move into the ancestral healing too. Cause that's something that you're doing. I went to a meditation that Leanne did and that mug was powerful. <laughs> <laughs> She had us access the ancestral plane. And in doing that, I saw one of my ancestors and it was so, it was this weird, like it was peaceful. And I saw my ancestor, but one of them, and he was just kind of looking at me. And he was this older guy, and he was in this tribal wear, and he had this blue and gold necklace on. And I was trying to get information from him, but he just wouldn't talk. He was just smiling as if he was happy to see me, but he didn't say anything. And I haven't tried to connect since that day, but I thought it was so cool that you were able to take us back to that, and you were yeah. able to too and some people had more visceral reactions I remember there was one lady who had like you had to ground her pretty much because um you know what what she experienced was so intense but it's like they're they're there and we carry so much of them within ourselves and they want to not all of them but there's a lot of them that want to like help us mm-hmm. and want to assist us and want to guide us and I feel like a lot of us are being called here to help heal a lot of the trauma that they that just like ran through our lineage that they experienced yeah. so speak to that more what do you want to share about that
1: yeah I mean totally I mean, my ancestors just came through like them so strong. Oh now. hey. They're yeah. like, this
0: is what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Can they help me talk? <laughs> I need all the help first. <laughs> anyway, okay.
1: So Ancestor Healing is it's so impactful and it's so it's just such remedy. It's like You know, even just people of color and all the trauma and oppression Mm. that we face and how it's just like we've been, so much has been taken away from us. But there's so much that we still have from our ancestors, Mm. and this includes gifts. A lot of us have these profound gifts that were passed on from our ancestors. But along with that, because they face so much trauma and oppression, like we still have all the hurt and all the despair and all the anger and the grief that's like, it's like in our body it's in our bones it's in our blood and so if we don't become proactive in changing this we're just going to continue and passing on all these things and like even in my own family it's like my the traits that i see my mom have like she knows, like she's like, I get this from my grandmother, mm. and it's very much like an acceptance towards that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's just a day where it's like, no, like things have to change. Like yeah. we have to be the ones that kind of make this a turning point, so that we don't pass on the same behavior to our children. And it's just like by being that act of change, yeah, that's already causing so much to change within DNA. Because by having all that healing come through and acknowledging that, like, I'm going to walk in more light, I'm going to walk in more compassion, I'm going to walk in more awareness of myself, Mm -hmm. you're changing your DNA structure. Because a lot of people, like, when I first heard of, like, the whole DNA thing, I'm just like, like, are you going to, like, a science lab? Or, like, how are you changing your DNA? (laughs) (laughs) But it's like... Our DNA holds so much memory, and so it's just like by you walking differently and you having just more intention to like create change in your life that's beneficial. You're changing your DNA, so that way your kids have to go through a whole different life experience than like you had to go through that your parents and your great grandparents and all of them have to go through. So I always tell people by healing yourself, you're healing your ancestors. It's just walking mm-hmm. with the intention of that, okay. and it's not continuing a cycle. So it's like you have to be the one to break the cycle so that way you can put your lineage on a new path. And then because, like I said earlier, time isn't real, when you change the trajectory of your path so that you're healing yourself and walking in like a path of light, that changes, all those changes affect the generations before you and the generation after you. So it's not like you're just changing things for your kids and you're just kind of like, well, things just stay the same. It's like all that healing is also being you know generated through your past Mm -hmm. because they say like when you heal yourself you heal seven generations forward and seven generations backwards Mm. and so it's just about knowing that and knowing that it's just like you have this impact that could just change so many lives like so like seven generations back and forward like you're just changing so many things for the good and so it's just kind of like walking in that light and walking in that remembrance and walking in that gratitude. Cause you know, it's also very much like there's a lot of people get into this work and they don't want to deal with the ancestors. It's like spirit guys and the masters and the deities. And it's like, if it wasn't for your ancestors, you wouldn't even be here. Oh
0: Yes. Say it louder for the people right. in the back. <laughs> so it's like, they deserve like
1: the most praise. Yeah. And even like when we come into like African traditions, it's like, Even if you want to work with a deity, they can't work with you unless your ancestors approve. Your Mm -hmm. ancestors know you best. It's your ancestors and your Ori. And those are what basically have to kind of have the okay before any other spirit could come through and really like uplift you. So and even like it kind of does get touchy when we talk about ancestors because a lot of people experience trauma from their own ancestors. Mm, And through this work of healing through the ancestors, It's not like we're so much saying that like you have to work with every energy again, because like I said in the meditation, not every ancestor is the ancestor you want to work with. Yeah. not every ancestor is one that has like your highest intention. So it's like you want to be very clear with your intention that you only want to work with the ancestors of the light who have the purest intentions of love. And by working with those ancestors, they will kind of create the change needed to uplift your other ancestors it's like you're all working in tandem together to kind of like elevate each other yeah so that way it's just not on you it's like you can enlist the help of your ancestors to help those that you just can't really help because you're just not in that right mind frame because you know a lot of people kind of open the doors and then sometimes you have ancestors just kind of guiding you in a way that's a little bit more with self-interest Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like you want to kind of create space, some love from afar, and just work with the ancestors that really have your back. So that way you are creating the change that's just the most beneficial for you and all your ancestors.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said about like seven generations before and seven generations back. Because I was listening to this podcast, and I think it was Juju's podcast, which you introduced me to. Hey. And <laughs> <laughs> she had she had a woman on there and she was speaking to that same thing where it's like people talk about abundance and prosperity and whatnot. And a way of honoring your ancestors is just saying like this abundance is our abundance, Mm. right? When you get that raise at your job, like this is for us. Or, you know, when you get a new opportunity, like this is for us, or even just the freedoms that we have access to now that our ancestors never would have seen in, you know, in their entire lifetime. It's like, That was a big thing for me is like, how can I take this freedom that I have, even though there are still so many issues in the world? How can I take this freedom that I have and just like see it as a privilege Mm -hmm. and be like this freedom that I'm experiencing every day, walking around in my house, getting in my car, going where I want to go? Like this is for us, too. You get to live this experience through me. And I thought that was so beautiful. Like when she said that, I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah,
1: it's so powerful. Yeah. It's just like, I know, like for myself, like I'm a Libra, I get so overwhelmed with choice. I'm like, there's so many choices and I don't know where to go. Yeah. And it's just like, when I talk to my ancestors about it, they were just like, it is a privilege to have a choice. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. that we never had. Yeah. It's something that, like, so many of them were forced to live their life a certain way and they'd be constricted. And so they're like, you say choice, but you really have freedom.
0: Mm. and that's
1: really like that's the medicine there and it's really about taking advantage of that freedom and knowing that it's not just for me it's for my ancestors it's for all the people before me who didn't have a choice who couldn't walk and be free and couldn't do the things that they wanted to do it's like for me i know i have a lot of blocks with kind of like being vulnerable in my creative work Mm -hmm. and then in their minds they're like but you get to be creative yeah you know
0: you get to read you get to yes. write your life isn't on the line for being educated
1: exactly they couldn't get educated it was illegal to play like the djembe drum it was like they couldn't sing like these are things that were so innately a part of their culture that were removed from them yeah and so for me to come here and be like well no one's gonna like it if i do this or do that or like you know whatever they're just like but you have the ability to do it yeah and that's something that should never be take for should never be taken for granted. And that's something I constantly have to remind myself that yeah. like it's more, it's just it's not about me. It's yeah. more than me. It's about all the people that walk before me. And collectively, just like people of color and like black people and all the things that we suffered. And it's just like to be put in a spotlight is not about just being vain. It's about like people who look like me need to be seen. Yeah, for the injustices that my ancestors had to go through with not being seen. Ooh, girl, you just gave me chills.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we getting deep today. (laughs) There's no other way when I'm around this girl. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. And I was having a moment on Juneteenth. I was sitting there because I had just finished reading a book called Kindred by Octavia Butler. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have it right there. If you want to take it, you can. But it's about this black woman who was living in 1976. She was just living her normal ass life. And all of a sudden, she got transported back to the 1800s. And she just lived this life where she kept going back and forth through time. And so every time she would go to the 1800s, she was a slave and she lived amongst her ancestors. So she saw the beatings. She saw them killed. She saw like, you know, people she she just saw it and she experienced it, too. Like what happened if people ran away and like she saw her grandmother and like the rape that occurred and there was just so many things. And I was just so in my feelings And just thinking, like, damn, to have lived through that time and just, like, not been able to even, like, talk or having to whisper things and, like, even, like, your faith, right? You weren't allowed to do nothing. Like, could you imagine what it was like if you were just, like, just driving down the street and all of a sudden you're in the 1800s and you got, like, a gun pointed at you? Like, where are you from? Like, who who do you belong to? Like, I can't imagine what that must have been like. And so just to know that that trauma that they experience still lives within us. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the racism still comes out in society. And I mean, unfortunately there are still brutal ways where it comes out, but like we just carry so much. Exactly. And like, I was almost in tears, girl, on Juneteenth. And I'm already shook hearing all <laughs> <on> that. <like. laughs> yeah, because when you think of like, I-, I wonder what their experience was when they found out that slavery was no longer legal. Like, did they cry? Did they have like immense amounts of joy? Like, did people faint? Like, you know, I wonder what that was like for them. And it was just like this moment where I was just like, I just held so much respect because it is one of those things where we hold their hurt, but we also hold their strength too, Mm -hmm. and just the things that they had to deal with, and then still having the capacity to like love or smile or try to find different methods of joy to extract living under those terrible conditions
1: Mm. it's i mean i remember even i was listening to again juju's podcast and she went into saying that like whatever we're going through we can survive it because our ancestors did Mm. and all of the horrible atrocities that they had to face on a daily basis not even being able to imagine half of them yeah just knowing that they were just Cruel beyond what we could even imagine, but that they survived and they were willing and they still had love and they still had care and these yeah. are all things that we still care with us, just that strength. yeah. And so it's like I don't want to like overuse that term strength because it's just not like we should just be out here just taking it all in and like not receiving help, but that's just like we are stronger than we believe we are. Mm-hmm. And again, they had strength because they had community and it's because Ooh, they yes. had people that they <laughs> could lean on during tough times so i don't want to put on this whole persona of just kind of like the strong black woman or strong black man because it's like we need to be vulnerable yeah but we also need to be there for other people and carry them as well because we carry each other as a people and i feel like as a black americans we became a bit removed from that aspect of community yeah i think that's really much like this time is like we're really coming back to that and it's about uplifting and supporting each other and i feel like this is such a new time for that and i also think that because we hold all this trauma within us it's just like people can never understand like how hurt we are and Mm. it's just like explaining this to people over and over again where there's people who literally say like get over it it's like you don't understand like all that pain still lives within us yeah like People do not understand how triggering it triggering it is to hear the N word. Like I don't know any other word that sets me off like hearing that, like from like a white person. And it's just that when like I've had so many discussions where people are just kinda like, Well, I could say it in a song, it doesn't matter like who are white. And yeah, I'm just like just
0: singing the song. Right.
1: It's like it's not a big deal. It's like, no, you don't understand that mm-hmm. like All like my ancestors' energy are still within me. So it's like when you say that word, you're pinpointing such a deep, prolonged pain that you can't even fathom. Because again, like if I'm out here just saying nigga, like it's fine, like you know, because I have that right to say it. And it's just like, I'm gonna get ticked off. (laughs) Because I've had this discussion with so many people where they're just like, well, if you could say it, then I could say it too. I'm like, no, you can't because you don't understand that it's just like when you say it, you're causing such of like hostile reaction in me that like i don't want to have to experience Mm. it's like my ancestors experienced it i don't have to go through this i shouldn't and so it's just about being respectable about all of that and just kind of like i wish people would just kind of understand that like we still have a right to be triggered and Mm. to be told over and over again to just get over it it's just like that's not your right to say we're still healing we're still in the process of just kind of like amending all this hurt and all this trauma and oppression that's within us yeah and it's just like we need our time to do this and so then looking at us as black people collectively it's like we need to kind of come together and heal in ways that are very much beneficial to our own healing and not to be told this is how you heal this is how to get over it like we as a people just kind of need to do that on our own because only we know what's best for us
0: yeah yeah that's big (laughs) (laughs) sorry my little rant right there (laughs) No, seriously. And because when you do start to speak up and when you do start to have conversations, then you get labeled as an angry black woman. Exactly. Oh, and she's just, just like- going to get mad. Like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> it's
1: deep. It's so much deeper than that. Like so much. And so... Yeah, I've been having those
0: conversations for the past couple of years, and I'm just over it. <laughs> I'm over it. You just need like a t-shirt. Don't say that. Right. <laughs> I even put up this like little
1: infographic on my Instagram. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Ooh, funny. flow chart.
0: <laughs> she put up an actual flow chart, y'all, when it's appropriate and who could say it and all that. <laughs> that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> Gotta let people know
0: yeah i mean yeah there's that there's just like so much to where i i experience like the anger and just the deep hurt and just like seeing the world and like what is going on and like it affects me so much and when you think about even just like the depression rates of black people especially black women it's like isn't it the highest right we're like four times more likely to be depressed and we just carry all of that stuff. And so this is like before I, I can't speak to what people do, but I think that it's important for people to get into ancestral healing and just even like connecting and establishing a relationship with your ancestors. So if someone even wanted to, to create a relationship to even like work on that healing, how do they go about doing that?
1: I think the first important step is to, you know, create an ancestor altar. And it doesn't have to be big or anything like that. It could be very much like, cause traditionally they were on the ground. So you could literally just have like a white candle and a glass of water. And you just put it on the ground and you could get some like a foam or cascarilla. Which is like the powdered egg whites. And you just like kind of like put a line around it. So that way that's like the barriers for your ancestor altar and you just kind of keep to it so you just light the candle you pour the water and it's very much that's a space for you to connect with your ancestors and in connection it's just like i know people kind of get confused on like how to connect but it's Mm. a you could sit and meditate you could just talk to them like you would like if they were your own family members you could vent to them you could you know pull cards if you're into that it's just like trying to like commune with them and Mm. then over time in that space, you'll be able to just receive information and receive guidance and receive healing. And then, just through giving them love and attention, like you're also giving them energy that's uplifting them as well because, mm-hmm. like, they don't want to be forgotten. Yeah. And the more energy you give them, the more you're kind of in like lifting them, literally. And so, I say ancestor elders are important because that's traditionally what we do. And also because I thought this was a good point, too, where it's like, um, how everything is stored within us. Mm-hmm. If you want to work with your ancestors, they're going to just come through within you. And so, mm. if you're not really wanting to take that journey to where you're feeling all of that, you just kind of want to put a place for them so that like they're like outside of your body and they're in a place where you could commune with them. Cuz if you want to do this work, you can, but all of those emotions and all the messages are just going to be coming at you anytime And it could be just like within your body mentally emotionally and so that could just be a little bit too much we're just starting off on this journey okay so it's nice to just kind of keep things a little bit separate so that way you have the time and the place to connect with your ancestors you go you show them love you show them support and then you just vent to them and you just communicate with them and then you're able to receive the messages that you need and then yeah you go about their day just like with them in mind and so Now when it comes to just doing like these big steps and things that I want to create, I always just kind of try and keep my assessment in the back of my mind, like, how would they feel about this? Or like would they be supportive of me doing this? And so Mm. Yeah, it's just really kind of creating that connection. And also because, you know, like there's times where it's like I want event, but I'm like don't want to get someone's too sensitive. and it's like there's like mm-hmm. like I love mm-hmm. talking to my mom but sometimes I'm just like I don't think I want <laughs> to have this conversation <laughs> with her right now so then I'm like who's the next person to go to oh my ancestors because it's like when I get advice from them it's just it comes with such a higher vibration
0: yeah it's more wise and like Feelings detached yes. too
1: and so I'm able to see things clearly and yeah. just kind of be like like I remember would be like crying at my altar and then it just be like boom I'm like okay step out of it because <laughs> 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 the messages are so direct and they're so healing and it's just like it's such love like when I first like started like working at my ancestor altar it just just feels like this abundance of love that's coming for mm. me and even like my grandfather who I never even met he um, passed away when I was three years old and he was one of the first people that came through on my ancestor altar and it was just so like heart opening just to like feel how much that like he wants to be around and he mm. wants to be in my life and even my mom confirms it really like, she feels him around her and how he's just such just like present energy that kind of like goes through like the family so it's just like it's such a nice way just to feel loved yeah it's very simple and it's very easy and so it's just a great way to kind of start that practice for who's ever interested in ancestor healing.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. I was going to ask you about like your first time of interacting with your ancestor. Actually.
1: Okay. So I started the ancestor journey years ago when I first got on my spiritual journey. And at first I was kind of like, I mean, I was in another like Facebook group and like, they're kind of doing like, Oh, this is like a good like way to like ground yourself and go up in your spiritual journey and a lot of what came through was like ancestral work okay so I didn't really connect with it back then I was just like you know what everyone else is doing it I'll do it too and see what happens so I created an ancestral altar and I just like didn't keep up with it I didn't really take care of it I just felt very confused by it like years ago I was so far removed from this energetic connection that I feel now. So again, like it just takes time and practice. Cause when I first got into it, I was just like, what what am I doing? Yeah. Even the whole thing of giving offerings. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, why am I leaving (laughs) food out? Like (laughs) (laughs) I was just like not feeling at all. And so it took some time. I remember even too, like I did the ancestor altar for a few months and then I just stopped. And I was just like, you know what? I am not connected to this. I don't want to, do something that I'm not keeping up with. Because there also was a lot of fear to it. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I'm going to miss an offering. They're going to get mad at me. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of fear attached to that. So I was like, let me just remove it and kind of reset my space. And so then this was the first time I genuinely felt a connection with my ancestors. Where I don't know if I even told you the story. But um, a few months later, I just felt a need to give my ancestors an alternate. I was like, I don't know why this is coming through. But they want some plantains. And so I just went to the store, and these are some good plantains. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were so soft and caramelized. It was so good. So I was, you know, my ancestors are calling for this. So I didn't even have an altar. So I just literally put it up, like, on a table. And I was like, ancestors, this is for you. Um, yeah. I hope you're good with this. <laughs> and so literally, so I was living in New York, and I went on the train and right when I got on a train, a man came in with a Congo drum. Mm. And so he started, like, he was a professor, and so he started kind of giving everyone these lectures. And then into the lectures, he started talking about these songs I'm about to sing are the songs that made it through the Atlantic slave trade. Holy and these are the songs cat. of her ancestors, and they're now sung in Santeria and Lukumi. And so he starts singing them, and I'm just like what (laughs) how
0: random it was
1: just such an apparent like we're here yeah and then the very next day i saw him again like in new york city like to see someone twice that i've never seen before yeah and the fact that he saw me he remembered me too and so we actually had this whole conversation he was just like a really nice guy and it was just like i was just like blown away by the interaction i was just like okay yeah i need to start Doing this work for real. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's
0: powerful.
1: Yeah. And so it's crazy because like all those messages that came through like years ago and like it took me such a long time for me to actually like embody those messages. Because like you said, it's like. We keep running around in circles and these things keep popping up at us. And it's just like we have to decide whether we want to kind of like engage with it or not. Yeah. And if we choose not to, it's just going to keep coming back around yeah. because this is what's meant for us. So it's like all the spiritual things I could have been doing, the first thing I chose to do was ancestral work. Like that was like the biggest sign. And mm. I chose to ignore it. And then my ancestors, again, when I gave them the plantains and that message came through, I still chose to ignore it. I was like, I should be doing this. I feel it now. But it was still so much fear I had to kind of, like, get through. Yeah. And then it was actually during Akashic record readings, my ancestors came through again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you can't ignore us now. We're right, right here.
1: And so even, again, um, ATRs came up again in that reading okay. as well. And it was so profound. And I was like, wow, like this is real. Mm-hmm. Still chose to ignore it. Like I was just like, <laughs> I <laughs> was just doing the least yeah, at that time. Yeah, you were just
0: doing the human dance. So exactly. just like ignoring. You. And it wasn't
1: until I moved to L.A. to where all oh, my ancestors came through so strong. Mm-hmm. It was like every single reading I had, they were just like, they were there. Yeah. And they were just like stop playing. Like <laughs> like for real. So then I was like, okay, no, I'm in it. And so when I started doing the work and yeah, it's been about almost a year now that I've been really um You've accepted it. I've accepted You're like, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And I've been taking it to a new level in just terms of like owning my practice and making sure that I am continuously in remembrance of them yeah. and in reverence of them. Yeah. So And yeah, and they've been guiding me for sure and putting me in the right places and really not only helping me, but helping my family as well. Mm -hmm. Like when I started my spiritual path, my parents were, well, my mom per se, she was kind of into it, Mm -hmm. but she didn't really like embark on it. Like I gave her a reading. She was like, oh, wait, this is legit. I was like, of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) And so she like bought me like an Oracle deck and she was buying me states. So she was supportive of it. But it wasn't until I started doing the ancestor work that she started like really owning her spiritual gifts and uh-huh. really started getting into her spiritual her into her spirituality. And now like I go home and she has like altars and like she's lighting her candles and like she's fully into it now. Mm. And it wasn't until I started like doing the ancestors work that I saw that. And I was just like wow. I'm not gonna say anything but we're gonna have a conversation later. <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> and it's with my whole family, my little sister, like she got her spiritual awakening too. A few months ago, and like she's been like going on that journey. My oldest sister, who I thought wasn't into any of this stuff at all, like she's been opening up way more, like understanding that she's like an empath and that like she's like feeling things she hasn't felt before. And I was like, oh
0: wow, it's really changing things. Yeah, it's a ripple effect. Yeah, that's the healing that you're creating throughout your entire family. It's,
1: so when I say like this stuff affects not only you and your future generations, but it affects like your generations living and the ones that pass away like that is like a complete understatement
0: yeah yeah that's big mm-hmm. mine so they came to me I didn't even have an ancestor altar I didn't even know anything about it that's not, I'm embarrassed but <laughs> <laughs> but I know I was like just starting to get into meditating and I was sitting in my bedroom and I was sitting on the floor and all of a sudden, like the three people I've lost in my entire life, it was um, my grandma and then my uncle and my grandpa, and they disappeared. And they were like sitting on the floor with me. Freaked me the fuck out. Oh, wow. I was like, "What? What?" Like, cause they all passed away. My grandma passed away in '97. My grandpa in 2000, and then my uncle shortly after that. So they've, you know, they've transitioned for a while. So I hadn't thought about them in a long time and I, I didn't call them in. I was just sitting there, you know, just getting into meditation practice. And they just like, they just rolled up. And so they just sat there and once, you know what, now that I'm correlating this, they also just looked at me and smiled like the other man I oh, saw. Wow. And they just like sat there and they were just patient and they were gentle and they were loving. And it was just one of those things where they were just letting their presence be known. Mm. And so that like that stuck with me for a while. And I was more so freaked out than anything. Like I was happy to see them, but I was like, wow, that's weird. Cause like that was my first like experience with like a visual visualization. Mm -hmm. But ever since then, like my grandma has just been around, like, that's my girl. That's my, she goes everywhere with me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've gone to different spiritual readers and they like, one time I was getting an energy healing session and the guy he, who was doing it, he's he's really powerful, but he was working on me. He was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down because one of your guides is in the room. And he just said guides. He was like, one of your guides is in the room. And they asked me to like get out the way because they want to work on you directly. And so I felt like this sweeping motion all over my body. And like as soon as I felt it, he was like, do you feel that? And I was like, yeah. And it just stayed with me and he kind of just sat on the road to the side of the room for like 15 minutes and then um, he got up and he came back over and he was working through me and after the session he was like do you have any idea who that could have been and I was like well the only person I could think of is my grandma because this is me like not knowing anything about anything and he was like yeah that was it was totally like a grandmother figure I just didn't want to say anything but like girl she kicked him to the curb so she could like directly work on me. And like, there's times where there was another time where I was just sitting and I felt like this swirl of pink, like softness around me. Mm. And I was like, okay, Nana, hey girl, like one of those <laughs> things. So she's like the only one that I connect with the most and that I know. And so she's also like her and my grandpa are on my altar right now, um, but he, he doesn't connect and. I don't know if he will. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I have to call him. I don't know. But she's like, she's here. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I love this,
1: like a pink swirling energy yeah. she has.
0: And the, the interesting thing, too, is, like, I was asking my mom questions about her. And I was like, what is she like? What was she into? Because I wanted to put stuff on my altar to honor her. And my mom was just telling me different things, and I was like, "What was her favorite color?" And my mom was like, "Pink." (laughs) So okay, (laughs) (laughs) this makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's real. It's it's real. Like even the other day, I was having a hard day, and I just um, I went into like a meditative state, and I was laying in this like like little pond, but it was at the top of this mountain, and it was like beautiful scenery everywhere there were cherry blossoms to the side of the pond and I was just laying there floating and I was like, I didn't have on any clothes. And so, but the the pond that I was floating in was like like a rosy pink. And so what I took from that, I was like, oh, that was like my grandmother, I feel like cleansing me mm-hmm. in love and her energy and just a reminder that like the shit you're going through, like it's okay, like I've got you yeah that's my boo
1: (laughs) that's the thing it's like your mother's mother is like such a staple Mm. especially just like in atr is like that's like someone who should just be reverent because like she held you before you even knew because again like you when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother the baby has all the aches it's ever gonna have Mm -hmm. so technically like you were in your grandma's body when your grandma was pregnant yeah yeah
0: yeah. I'm getting chills again. <laughs> but it's it's powerful and you know, sometimes they'll come through or we don't notice and mm-hmm. when you like really slow down and you really like pay attention, it's like, Oh, okay, I see you there. Yeah. I'm I'm paying attention. I might be running from you, but <laughs> I just keep chasing me. <laughs> I remember
1: even when I went to um there's this uh, temple called like, the Ifa Temple of Los Angeles. And so this is like me like really exploring that side and like when I went in, and I went through like the whole ceremony well the the testimony that they did. And at the end, they basically started doing like a OB divination, which is like the coconut shells or like the coca, the cola nut,
0: the yeah okay.
1: yeah, and they started doing divination with it just to kind of give more information to everybody. And like as they were doing it, it was just such this feeling of like, remembrance just kind of like wow this feels so familiar and then like i just remember like to like the left of me just like this maternal presence and it felt like my grand. and i started crying Mm. because it was before um i had gone to the center and he was just like your grandmother is like leading you this way like Mm -hmm. she's the one calling you to you know really embody this work and so being at the temple and like feeling her presence there and just being like "This, this is it and I just started crying. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's like I'm
0: home. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. So they feel that presence. It's so powerful. Yeah, and it's so loving. It's so loving, and you know, she's uh, like my grandpa and my uncle. I haven't felt them, but like her for sure. Yeah, she's there, and like I there, I've even told my mom like she's sending you love type of thing. So. Yeah. I know that probably, like, warmed my mom's heart. It just, like, it's just such a good feeling to have that connection, you know, and just to be reminded that they're there, and if they do have messages to be able to be, like, okay, like, I get what you're saying, or if they want to, like, if if they want to, like, share things with your family, and you can, you can, like, be the beacon in that, and that can cause healing in someone else, so it's a powerful thing. It
1: is, and it's usually the people, it's, like, the one person in the family that, is like the most spiritually aware and the most spiritually awoken is usually given that responsibility. Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's like, you're kind of like the factor that's meant to change things. And it's just kind of like having to take that responsibility and know that like, this is for not only me, but for everyone in my family. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, if you come into this world with just kind of like a higher knowing, I want to say like higher knowing, but it's just kind of like, you're just more aware of things. Yeah. Then it's just like, you have been given the responsibility to just act as that changing factor to cause and have light enter into your family. Yeah. Like that's, that's your duty. Like you're a gatekeeper for that. You're the gatekeeper for like the light and you hold that. And so if your ancestors are coming to you and they're giving you these messages and they're giving you light, it's up to you to pass that to your family as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that can get tough when the responsibility is put on you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause that goes back to like being able to relate or sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, she's just spiritual, but they're so used to seeing you as you always were and yeah. not like this divine task that you were given. So talk to, talk about that. Like what can people do if they, if they know that they're being called to do with that or to be like that um, translator or that connector, but they're kind of afraid of having that responsibility and they kind of feel like alienated in their family. Like what advice do you have for them? Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like my path is a little bit different in terms of my mom per se and my sisters were a lot more open to it than I mm-hmm. thought they would be. Like again, I got into tarot and I remember coming home with my tarot cards and like my mom was just like, no, like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I know that's been a very similar experience for like a lot of people. Yeah and so it was
0: like the devil's work right
1: and so it was only after i actually gave her a reading that she was just like oh okay and my little sister she was so against it too till i gave her a reading and she was like oh wow and bought a tarot deck like a few weeks later i was like Mm. okay that changed really quickly (laughs) (laughs) but again not many people like have that experience of like having people in their family that want to open up to that yeah because, you know, a lot of people still have this very taboo notion when it comes to doing any of this work. Yeah. And so I just want to be like mindful about like not forcing this work to be done on people because, again, it has to be done with a bit of space if you know what you're doing. Like for me, it was just kind of like once I kind of went through the first hurdle, I was able to kind of like, OK, now this is cool. Now I could talk to my mom and we talk about you know the full moons and new moons all that stuff like it's great but with other people who have a more kind of like rigid family structure to where their family doesn't really want to be open to that stuff I would just say the most beneficial advice I could give is just lead by example Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: if you do this work and your parents might see it as a little bit woo-woo out there continue to do it and be an example of how this work has changed you for the better because there's no better way to do anything than by example. Yeah, because you can keep telling your family this over and over again. But if they still see you as like their little kid who doesn't know any better, yeah. they're not going to take this work seriously. Yeah. But if you do this work and you're causing profound changes to happen in your life, they're going to look at you like, oh, what, what are they doing? Yeah. And they're going to kind of <laughs> get interested into it. And so it's very much about owning your practice and know that this is for self-development And doing that work and not trying to be like, you know, out there at first, like really experiencing everything for yourself. So that way you could just be leading by example. And again, it it has such an energetic effect. So it's very much about you. Once your energy changes, it'll cause the energy to change within your family. And just kind of trusting that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just staying in alignment at the end of the day, right? staying in alignment. Oh, this was so good. <laughs> I wanted us to get more into ATRs, but we can just have another conversation. Okay, and we'll talk. have a whole episode. Yeah, because that can yeah. be a whole episode, and I'm still in the process of learning, so I want to Yeah, learn. and we'll
1: talk about it after, you know, you get a little bit more into it. Yeah,
0: y'all gotta wait for that one, but Thank you so, so much. Thank you for my reading. Thank you so much for just coming to share your knowledge on the podcast. Of course.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Such a joy. I felt like it was so crazy. I was like, I would love to be on the podcast. And then you talked to me. I was like, wait, this is amazing. (laughs)
0: yeah this I love this episode already so I know that it's gonna vibe with a lot of people so thank you so much for just being so full of love and just your energy like every time I connect with you I learn so much and I just really love hanging out with you too so thank you so much (laughs) and I love hanging out with you too I'm so glad we met and yeah yeah. because that was random too I just like (laughs) randomly seen this um well my friend and I follow Jess. So we, the girl whose tarot class we took is, her name is Jessica Alexandra. Yeah. Yeah, Bahati life. And so my friend and I were just like following along her tarot journey and we saw she was opening a school or like a a course. And so we joined and yeah, it's just, I found Leanne on Facebook. (laughs) but that's that community you know when you find the right people you find the right people who are meant to be in your life and just help you along your journey so exactly i'm glad you're one of mine oh i'm glad to be here (laughs) thank you so much yeah you're so welcome well thank you so much for tuning into the show we will catch you for another episode take care